With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here on The Colour of Country Life, good to catch up with Rowan Ramsey, the member for Grey over in Canberra for the sittings of Parliament. How are you, Rowan? Uh, going pretty well, thanks, Ricky. Yeah, we're a three-day week this week. Because of course, it was a day of condolence motion last week for the Queen, so things slowly getting back to normal. I, I'm not sure whether the Prime Minister's back today, but he's been off at Shinzo Abe's funeral, um, but uh, things are generally returning to normal. Uh, they are returning to normal, but I guess returning in a policy sense to where Labor wants them to be with the cashless debit card. There was a lot invested by them during the federal election in making changes to the trial in Sejuna. Legislation has passed the Senate. has got to get back to the House, but it would appear that the cashless debit card trial is dead. That's right, and it's an appalling decision. Uh, I've said so on many occasions. I've talked about how good this card is and how well it's worked, what, what a change place Sejuna is today to what it was a decade ago, um, and, and, and in a time when um, it doesn't hurt people to get in their car and go and look at some of the communities around Australia that have got similar issues where they don't have the card. I believe they've been going backwards in Sejuna, the goldfields. Um, Kananara have been going forwards uh, in, a, in a reduction of um, antisocial behaviour and a reduction in the level of uh, family violence and uh, drunkenness, alcohol abuse. It's worth remembering, Ricky, that um, there was a, a coroner's inquest uh, in Sejuna uh, into six, which became seven while the, uh, uh, the coroner was investigating deaths that are associated with alcohol abuse in the period leading up to about 2012. Uh, and um, this was one of the responses uh, over a period of time to, um, to address that, that tragic situation. And as I said in the Parliament, uh, I know I said in a press here only a couple of days ago, I said, it's not just the fact that this card saves lives. Uh, it also uh, reduces violence in family violence, in uh, friendship grouping violence where people, uh, alcoholics, um, drug addicts are trying to extract money from um, from loved ones, uh, from, their, from, their, from their acquaintances. Uh, it also, um, uh, the, the antisocial behaviour has an effect on the whole um, uh, the, the whole tempo of the town, if you like, uh, the morale, and, and uh, when things are bad, uh, tourists avoid places like Sejuna, and uh, they've all got UHF radios or telephones, and the word gets out pretty quickly around the parks. Um, great place to go, terrible place to go. So there's a real knock-on everywhere. The people of Sejuna continue to support this card, regardless of what Linda Burney and others say. If they did support the car, they wouldn't keep voting for me, Ricky. That's the that's simple answer. Well, and ironically, it seems the federal government still supports the card in terms of income management uh, when it's being used in the Northern Territory. It seems to be a double standard depending on where the community is. Well, it, it's, it's a little unsure what they're doing there, but they're getting rid of the, the, the card. And, and at this stage, going back to a thing called the basic card, which only works in, the, in a few shops. Um, and, and it's a 50%. Uh, the the, the uh, the Northern Territory, I, I, I was actually uh, not happy about the fact that the card was extended to the Northern Territory, but with a different ratio, a 50% ratio as opposed to an 80-20. I think it sort of half defeats the purpose of the card in the first place, but 
uh, they, they are saying, yeah, that's the fallback measure. But the fallback measure is, in my opinion, a fall-over measure. Yeah, your Senate colleague, colleague Anne Rustin, suggested that uh, the government would simply flip the uh, what was the cashless debit card from the basics card with uh, when they tried to apply it uh, in the Northern Territory in future. Look, I don't think we're dead sure what they're going to do, and I don't think they are either. <laughs> That's that. That is one of the issues here. But I, I, um, uh, what what really annoys me. On, on one hand, we've got a government talking about how important the voice will be, the voice to Parliament, how how we need to have need to listen to what Indigenous people are saying, and then when uh, Indigenous groups in these communities are saying you need to continue the card, the government is tone deaf, got a tin ear, doesn't doesn't want to know about it. But no, thank you. Doesn't agree with their principles. We get rid of it. So um, I, I, and I've said on numerous and others will, and we will watch to see what happens. I hope it won't be as bad as what some of us predicted. Uh, but if if these um, bad behaviours return, and I just can't see why they will not, um, well then the government will have to wear those consequences. It's interesting that they've putting up a forty nine million dollar package. Uh, around um, dealing with the outcomes uh, of this, of dealing with um, alcohol abuse and drug abuse. Now, I, I make the point that um, it's a bit like reopening a wound and then offering a, a packet of Band-Aids to try and stem the flow of the blood. Yeah, I did wonder about the fund- the size of that funding package, given it's got to be spread across, I think it was four trial site communities, including Sejuna. Is that funding going to be enough now that that's what the government's leaning on, saying, well, we're going to add services to deal with the kind of social problems that were intended to be addressed by the card? Well, I, I, I don't know how far it'll go, but what I do know is it's a, it's a tacit admission that there's going to be a lot more problems. Otherwise, why would they... <laughs> Why would they need these extra services if there's not going to be a flare-up in abuse, of, uh, in, 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 in violence and, and alcohol abuse? So I, I think the very fact that they're putting this funding on the table is a mission that they know darn well that things are going to go pear-shaped when the card goes away. Uh, and so, if, in, as I said, it's like opening up the wound and then offering a packet of Band-Aids. Far better off not to have the wound opened up in the first place. I will remain pretty peeved about this, angry, but then so sad and disappointed for what I believe that these communities are going to be facing over the next few years. Now, speaking of open wounds, and indeed with injured Indigenous Australians, we're always talking about closing the gap when it comes to the availability of doctors, general practitioners in regional areas for all Australians in those locations. Uh, the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners says there's too much red tape that prevents regional GP practitioners attracting overseas doctors. What can we do in this area? Well, you can't wait for a change of government. Ideally, we'd get something solved in the next year or so about getting doctors into regional Australia. Well, I think there's a whole lot of things that need to be done, and I think we need a differential payment system. I'd like to actually reduce payments for Medicare um, items um, in areas where we've got over-servicing. We've got a complete... We don't have a shortage of doctors in Australia. We have a distribution problem. Uh, we have a whole lot of people going through med school at the moment are all choosing to be specialists and no one wants to be GPs. I think governments could actually put their foot on that and say, well, we're going to limit the number of these specialist training places. I think there's a lot of things uh, that, that, that could be done. But one of the things the government did, the new government did, uh, as, as one of the first orders, was uh, adjust the area um, of workforce shortage. This is, this is uh, certain designated um, addresses in Australia under a thing called the Modified Monash Model System were given um, the go-ahead to recruit overseas trained doctors, uh, basically as an admission of the fact that we couldn't get Australian doctors to go there. Um, and um, and that, that, that was helpful. Uh, 
one of the things the government did was basically shift that uh, shortage model right into the cities. So diluted the number of doctors that we are likely to get in, in regional Australia now. So the very first move has actually made this worse, uh, which is really pretty frustrating, I'd have to say. Uh, having said that, uh, look, this has been an ongoing issue for all of my adult life and it's getting worse and it's getting worse daily, in, in my opinion. Uh, where I live, uh, which is over on Air Peninsula, my understanding is at the moment we've got one permanent doctor for about 3,000 people uh, spread around four communities. So uh, that is clearly, clearly uh, intolerable, not good enough. How do you get people to come and live and work in a community if you're struggling? Uh, to, to, if you've got to go 150 k's to find a doctor, yep. you probably have to wait three weeks to get in. Yep. This is a fundamental, a fundamental uh, service issue that needs to be addressed with urgency now. Um, the, it, the, the, it's, I'm glad the college has come out and said something. Having said that, one of the problems of getting doctors, overseas trained doctors in Australia is actually getting through the, getting through the college approval process. Now, uh, while they might want government to water down uh, their criteria about accepting people into Australia on the basis of who they are and where they come from, the, the fact that the, these doctors can struggle to get through their courses, uh, which is uh, it can be English language difficulties and a whole lot of things, and I'm not suggesting they should alter their courses because the last thing we want is doctors running around out there that don't know what they're doing. But there is a, a whole range of obstacles uh, that which... Uh, it's difficult to make shortcuts on. Well, they're saying even a doctor from Ireland, who you, most people would be able to understand, an Irish person, uh, when they're talking, uh, they even they is twenty thousand dollars just to get them into the country with all the red tape. Is there some sort of summit or move to get this dealt with quickly in Canberra, or is it just sort of acceptance that it's just a problem that's going to persist for years? Well, I wouldn't like to wing it on a particular doctor. I'd be happy to sit down with the college and talk about you know why that that particular doctor. Uh, it, it comes to that amount of money. Um, having said that, in the overall scheme of things, um, if you need twenty thousand bucks to get a doctor into a community, into a practice, with the with the amount of uh, the amount of money they can earn, um, um, I'd say that's not an incredibly high obstacle. Um, but I um, but I, I'd be very pleased to talk to them about what where all that expense comes from. Um, it wouldn't all be with application for visas, it must be said. So um, even though there are some costs with applying for firstly temporary work visas and then, and then secondly um, uh, permanent permanent residency visas as, as time goes on. I, I, off the cuff, though, I couldn't put a figure on what those individual costs are, even though we deal with them pretty regularly with other industries. Um, but I, I, one would think uh, that at least an Irish doctor wouldn't have any trouble getting through the college assessment process, but I'd be interested to know whether they have trouble with that as well. Yeah, well, what I guess getting at is uh, that might be a singular case that could be resolved. Uh, that's an example they're using. But is there any movement in Canberra for some sort of regional summit uh, or some sort of way of getting this addressed? As Because it does appear to be a looming crisis. I met a, um, a senior lady uh, on the weekend who's left Woodner uh, and moved to an area closer to Adelaide because there's doctors there and there's no doctor at Woodner, she says. I mean, how do we stop that social fabric tearing apart? Well, well absolutely, but it's not an emerging crisis. It's a current crisis, really. Like, this this, this has um, been with us for quite some time now. Um, the town that I live in, we've had a permanent doctor, I think, for about one year out of the last five. And the rest of the time, we're running on local services, which are incredibly expensive and difficult to get continuity and, and that sort of long-term care for patients. Um, so we we had we did I've done a lot of work in this area would be fair to say and uh, we um, Greg Hunt as health minister gave us three hundred thousand dollars on Air Peninsula to come up with a um, a, a model uh, that we thought would work for Northern Air Peninsula 
It required uh, recruiting a number of doctors in one hit. It required providing high-quality housing, high-quality levels of, uh, of surgeries, um, a leave package so um, they could be sure they'd get time off, paid time off, time for, time for study, uh, a whole raft of issues. Uh, it was put together by a group called NEFA, Northern Air Peninsula Health Alliance, I'd taken that to Greg Hunt. Um, we sort of got to the point of being ticked off, but there was state, state government involvement. Uh, and when the state election came, it's, we sort of hit the wall and, and didn't get things finalised. Now, that report now is sitting with Mark Butler. Um, I've had a number of conversations with Mark on aeroplanes and telephones and whatever, uh, trying to get him to apply a reasonable kind of attention to it. It was the kind of model that could be rolled out across Australia, not just in um Northern Air Peninsula, uh, so I think what we need is a number of trial sites. Uh, at this stage, Mark hasn't responded. I, I, I said to him when I began talking that I realise he's under a lot of pressure. He's a new minister trying to get his head around a whole lot of portfolio issues. Um, but I'm hoping that very soon he will apply himself to this report because this is a number one issue. He comes from South Australia. South Australia is one of the worst affected... Well, he's probably the worst affected state for this doctor shortage at the moment. It's owing to the fact that we're the most centralised state in Australia. More of our population live in Adelaide as a percentage than, than live in country areas than any other state. Uh, and so the, the, the sharp edge of this problem is in South Australia. So as a South Australian-based health minister, uh, we really need Mark to uh, pick up that, that portfolio, sit down with the people who wrote it and have a talk about it. Well, we will uh, follow that up with him, actually, uh, Rowan Ramsey, member for Grey, because we do want to see some movement on this front. Thank you so much for joining us from Canberra today. No problem. It's good to be with you, Ricky. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.